So we have finished research paper one. Do we remember that research paper one is like the diet practice version of research paper two? We understand that, right? Like we get it. We push number three for me and thank you so much. So here's the thing. Today's the day where we understand if you walk out of here today feeling like you understand like maybe 65%, hopefully 70%, of what you're undertaking here, that's my goal, right? I'm not expecting you to walk out of here feeling 100% ready to write this paper. I'm not even expecting 80%, right? 70% and the rest I will scaffold and do all the things that I do with the hand holding along the way. So just trust the process. But what we're gonna try to do is take it day by day as we move through the requirements for this paper, right? So first of all, just know that like research paper two, like, Everything that you've done to this point prepares you for it, even in 10-10. So think of research paper two as like the big fat mama of the big fat mamas, right? So this is what everything is leading up to. Research paper three goes from the research to like looking into your future and how all of this applies to your future. But this is like the, the one big like for reals, reals research paper that's totally legitimate and academic and will become like a scholarly source the way that we do it, right? So it is a huge, massive, big, fat process. And the thing about it is, is it's a massive part of your grade for this class. So the thing about it is, the paper itself is 20% of your grade, right? But the, the proposal for your topic and the research process for it is a separate part of your grade that Weber State has as a full separate category, right? So that's 5%. The source search process where you get find and outline and gather all your sources, that's another 5%. Then you write an annotated bibliography. The short version for that is, is that you basically write a paper about why those sources are credible and how they're gonna fit into your research. Like it's a whole paper about your sources separately. <laughs> and no, it's, it's, so the thing about the annotated bibliography is it is an assignment style that will come up in many of your classes. It's actually useful. You gotta know how to do it. It's like the kind of paper that you're going to see, maybe not in your 1,000 level courses or your 2,000 level courses, but definitely as a junior and senior in college, right? Sometimes your professors will just assign an annotated bib and not have you write the full paper, right? But it's definitely assignment that you need to know how to do, so we have to practice it, bottom line, right? And then research paper two itself, but then the peer reviews and the drafting for that is a full 5% of your grade anyway. So the, it's like almost half of the whole class, wow. right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing about it though. If you get behind, here is where everyone else gets behind. Like if you're gonna get behind, it's here. But look at how much it sets you up for failure on big parts of your grade if you get behind here. Right, so it's like a domino thing that's super unpleasant. So that's why I'm super intense about staying on top of stuff, even before now, because before now trains you for here, right? Because there'll be times where you're finding and outlining two sources per class period, like clockwork, right? So it's a lot of work and there's a time crunch for all of it and getting behind is your biggest, biggest mistake, right? So of course I'll take you through all of it. Of course I portioned it out very clearly from class period to class period, tried to make it bite-sized pieces. If you follow that, it's not gonna be that big of a deal in your life. But if you get behind even one day, it will become a big deal and it will become unpleasant and that's not a threat, I'm just being honest with you, right? So just do everything you can, decide right now 
that this is not something that you're going to compromise. Just be on time with stuff. And the other big mistake that you make in this process is because everything has a time limit on it, you leave it to the last minute and do crappy work at the last minute, which is fine once or twice. But if you can avoid it, do, because everything moves into the next thing. So if this is crappy, then all of this is crappy, right? So it's not so much like a one and done paper. Everything leads into the next, so the stakes are relatively high, right? So far, so good? Okay. So research paper three, two, has to be eight to ten pages long. But again, like you've noticed, the length requirement for this paper is going to be zero problem for you, right? You'll have an outline. You'll know the structure. You have your sources. That's going to be the very, very bottom tier of your worries, right? So length requirement, don't even think about it again. It just, it will become that. Don't worry about it. And then it needs to answer your approved research question. So this is a whole thing. It's a whole thing and you're not going to like it. So just decide now that you're not going to like it and like get over it, right? So there's things that Weber State requires for me to do with you that involve you choosing a topic and then coming up with a research question and then your paper is the answer to that question, right? So if you look here, what we're doing now is the research proposal process. First, you'll propose three possible topics that you are possibly going to use as your research paper topic. Then you'll meet with me. Weber State requires me to meet with you and approve your topic and adjust the scope if necessary. So you have to have a meeting with me, like one-on-one -on -one meeting. And then you also have to learn about Boolean operators and specific source credibility. We'll do that while I'm meeting with you. And then you have to submit a research question, which might take you three or four tries to get right. So Weber State requires all of this stuff. Your question has to be approved. And then once you have a research question, you'll do a search strategy assignment, which basically outlines how you're going to find your sources. And boy, oh boy, does Weber State get weird about this assignment. So I'll make sure it's perfect, right? And then you'll start right away with your first source. And this is the only day where one source is due. The rest of the days after that, every class period, two sources are due. That means choosing it and having it outlined, right? So we have nine total sources. After your, your project, is a, your topic is approved, you got to start looking for sources yesterday, right? You got to start looking for sources. And my recommendation to you is that you find all of them before you outline any of them, which is a lot of work. But your sources have to have specific requirements that are very, very, very specific from Weber State. So we take out this yellow sheet and we look at it. So if you look at the back of the yellow sheet, we'll start there first. You choose a topic that is arguable, meaning <clears throat> that there are credible, smart people on both sides of the issue. Ideally, you'll choose a topic that has to do with your actual future plans and profession. You can choose a dummy topic, one that has nothing to do with anything, and you can absolutely do that. But if you're going to spend this much time on something, it may as well like benefit you in the future. So if you know you're going into psychology, choose a topic that's under the umbrella of psychology, obviously, right? If you're going into medicine, choose a topic that's medicine-related, right? You, again, you can choose a topic that's 
has nothing to do with anything, but then you're just participating in a thought exercise rather than contributing to your future, right? So once you select your topic, and we'll get into that, we, Reber State requires these source types here on the back of this yellow page. So they require a minimum of one primary source, and that's why we did all this work to learn how to classify sources, because not only are you going to have to find credible ones, but you have to find certain types of credible sources, right? So you need a minimum of one primary source. You can have more if you'd like, but a minimum of one. And we'll find that first, because usually those are the hardest to find. We'll get out of the way. And then a minimum of one book source. That's about the easiest to find ever, because on JSTOR, you can just click a box that says you want to find book chapters. And that's it. It's super easy. And then one web page resource, which is problematic for some people. It's going to be a thing, so we'll get there. And then a minimum of four scholarly articles, but you can have more of any of these if, if your research dictates that. Because you have two other source types, which is basically wildcard. You can choose any of the previous source types, or you could choose like news articles, even biased ones, right? You can choose, you know, a podcast episode. You can choose a TED Talk. You can choose, you know, whatever, a YouTube video, whatever. Um, so those are the source requirements, and you have to, have to, have to have those source types. So far, so good? Okay, I'll turn the page over. So not only do you have to have the certain source types, but they have to be credible on many levels. The first level of credibility is always how recent it is. It doesn't matter how great the source is. If it's outdated information, it doesn't matter. We can't use it. So depending on the source type, there's a different level of recency that there has to be. So for example, the book, Doing Writing in Academic Writing in Education, the stupid book, right? That book is going to be relevant and credible for 10 years, right? Because it's peer-reviewed, it's on a topic that isn't super recent, right? But if I chose an article about Trump's, you know, criminal trial, and I published it today, it's possible that that information would be out of date tomorrow, right? So we understand that different types of information have different levels of credibility and different timelines of credibility. So scholarly sources, for instance, have eight to 10 years worth of credibility. Because they've been peer reviewed, because research is involved, it's creating new information, right? But like your web resource needs to be five years old. And sometimes your other sources, if it's a new source, needs to be two years old. But even something about AI from two years ago is out of date. Right? So even then, you need to be smart about how relevant and recent your sources are. So if you look at the back of this yellow sheet, all the source, source type requirements are listed there. But you also have to be really careful because while you're busy searching the source type, you still have to think about how those sources fit into arguments. Right? Because now you're not just being objective and covering all sides of the situation. You're arguing your point. Yeah, you have to introduce counterclaims to like acknowledge other people's ideas, but for the most part, you are arguing your point using smart people's opinions, right? So you have to organize your argument very carefully. So look at the top here of this yellow page. This is a mini, 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 mini outline of your research paper. So you can see that you're going to separate it into three headings. In each heading, there's gonna be three sources. And in each heading, you have to have two sources that support your claim 
and you could have maybe one scholarly source and one web resource that support your claim, and then the counterclaim is also a scholarly source, or the counterclaim is a news article, right? But the requirement is that each uh, heading has to have at least one scholarly source in it. Why? It's scholarly. Right, so at least you know that there's some sort of validity to that heading because somebody peer-reviewed has an angle on that heading. Does that make sense? So there needs to be one scholarly source in each heading, one counterclaim in each heading, and you're not, you're not repeating sources. So you have to do this like mental gymnastics where you need a web resource, but it also has to, it can't just fit anywhere. It has to fit where you need it to go. So that's why we do the most difficult sources to find first so you can populate your little outline with those and then you can fill in the spaces with scholarly sources and wildcard sources because those are the easiest to find because there's a huge amount of information for them. So you see why we're doing things the way we're doing them? You get that? Okay, so far so good. Just know that not only do you have to find a credible source and a recent source, but it has to be a certain type and it has to fall into your research in a certain way. So that's why the source finding you've been hearing is so difficult because no longer are we like, that's a good source, <laughs> who cares? Like there's so many different things that we have to think about with that source that just because it's about your topic doesn't mean anything. There's like five other considerations that you have to have. The other dangerous part of this is this yellow page is turned in at the end of the source finding process. So nobody is micromanaging whether or not you are finding the right types of sources and sources that fit correctly into your outline until you're done. Why is that a problem? If you do something wrong, you have to go back and redo a lot of work. There's no human way possible for me to keep track of your progress as you go. So this is turned in at the end and all I do is check to see that you have checked all the boxes essentially, right? So you, and uh, people make this mistake over and over again in this class, you have to fill this out after every source that you find or find all of your sources at the same time so you know they all fall into this. The worst case scenario is you find seven sources and know that you have two more to find, but the holes that you've created in your outline, you can't find anything to fill those specific spaces. Right? So even if you don't find all your sources at once, at the very least, decide what your headings are going to be and find all three sources for that heading at once. Right? At the very least, try not to do it one and done, one and done, one and done. Right? Have this in mind and this at the forefront of your mind the whole time and be updating this the whole time. Yes? So far so good? Okay. But you can see why it's a precarious process. We have to think about a lot of factors for each of our sources. Yes? And so on those days when two sources are, done, are due, you have to have thought about all of this, plus read the source, plus outline the source before that class day. So it's quite a bit of work, and it comes at you real fast. So you have to decide, number one, that you're going to start now and not procrastinate it, and number two, that you're going to stay on track and not be late with it. I'm sure you can see now why it's a disaster if you don't do it on time. I mean, it's salvageable, but it'll be way less pleasant. But when you complete this process, this is like for reals college level research, right? When you complete this process, you're gonna come away with something that's like full on scholarly level, like something to be proud of, something that's totally legit, 
right? So this is not one of the assignments that we fake our way through like the other ones, right? Like research paper one, we're not gonna do that. This is the real deal. And this is like an actual skill that's transferable in many different ways. So we're gonna do it right. And we're gonna do it like the real way. Do we understand why and yes and how? Questions so far? Okay, so now you know what you need to do with the sources. I wanted you to be clear about what the sources need to be before you choose your topic. So you're aware before you choose your topic that you need to know that you have these types of sources available in that topic area, right? It might be fun to do a topic, like do the vaccine. I keep using the vaccine example, but you might be really passionate about vaccines, right? But are you gonna find credible counterclaim sources? You're not gonna find any scholarly person that's gonna say that vaccines are bad. You're just not, right? So you can't complete this type of paper on that type of topic. When you do psychology, you can talk about the psychology behind vaccine resistance, and that's totally fine. But for this, you need to represent both sides, but still take a side. So it needs to be something where both sides are valid and credible and researchable and scholarly. So far, so good? Okay, and it makes sense that like, you know, it has to do with your actual life because you're gonna be actually researching your actual field of study, ideally. If you don't know what you're gonna do when you grow up, it's fine. Pick something that you find interesting at the very least because you're gonna spend so much time with this topic for the love, so much time, all right? So I need you to take, do is take out that, I think it's taupe. I wanna say tan, taupe sheet. <laughs> Mm, yeah, that one. Yes. As we start this paper, you'll start to see why I've been forcing you to do all the things I've been forcing you to do. Sometimes what I have forced you to do is just training for the big game, which is now, right? So now the outlines for your papers, for your sources, serve two purposes, right? Yes, you have to fill out an outline for every single source that you find and you use in your paper, but there's two reasons for it now. The first reason is that you're setting yourself up for the paper, you're pulling quotes, you're getting the summary, blah, 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 that's important. But you're also proving the credibility of the source to me. Weber State requires that I approve every source that you use for this paper. And it's part of the peer review process as you're creating something scholarly, right? So your outlines will not only serve as help for you to prep your paper, but also proof for me that that source is credible and relevant to your topic. So far, so good? Yeah? So as you're thinking about these sources, just know that you're gonna have to like justify your use for those sources, not just on your outline, but now those outlines are also preparing you for this paper, the one about your sources, right? So half the stuff I've made you do up to this point is just to get you good at it. So when you go to do it for the big fat mama, you already know what you need to do, right? So we're gonna go toward now our, our module that's for this week. There's two places to find this, the information that you're gonna need here. So the first place to find this information will always be under the little, anytime there's a page with like these little bookity books, it just means I've created a link collection for everything that you could possibly need. It's links to every paper that I've handed out today plus stuff we haven't even covered yet. We're just baby stepping it today, just baby steps. Um, plus stuff that you need to know, source search stuff, blah, blah, blah. That's one spot. And then if we cover it in the class period for that day, I'll, always, I'll also put it under like our like date for the day. 
So the first thing you need to know about this assignment is it's called, like, you have to explore specific topics. Why would I have you do three instead of two or just one topic that you're exploring? Not even one that's easiest to find sources, but I might veto your topic for a, a number of reasons. And um, I'm never going to veto your topic. Like there was a kid two years ago who was sure that I vetoed their topic because I didn't like their political stance on the claim. And they were sure that I was just kind of like condemning them for their opinion. It wasn't bad opinion, but it wasn't. It was like, it was like they wanted to justify the use of lethal force in police forces. And I was like, that's a crappy opinion, but that's beside the point. I'll never grade you on your opinion. I'll never ever do that. And any teacher who does, that's problematic. So I'll never grade you on the claim that you take. You could have the worst opinion ever. There was a kid last year who wrote a paper that was just painful. It was offensive. It was offensive. And people had to peer review that thing. It's painful, but it's totally valid. As long as you can support it with scholarly evidence, Awesome. I'm not grading your opinion, even if it's, it, I won't say what it's on, because then, but it wasn't great. There were people who were uncomfortable peer reviewing it, let's put it that way. It wasn't about sexy things. It was about, it was about racist stuff. Oh. You get it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not ever going to grade your opinion, and nor should I, right? I will only grade the way that you support that opinion through scholarly research, right? Just know that like, if I turn down your topic, it's not personal, it's not because I politically disagree with you, it's because your topic is not gonna work for this assignment. That's only the only reason that I'll turn it down. Because your topic isn't gonna work for this assignment. You can think what you want, right? But the real true reason is, no lies, it just isn't gonna work. If I veto it, the problem is people get like emotionally attached to their topics. You want to choose a topic that is like interesting enough that you want to spend two months with it, but not so intense that if I veto it, you and I are having a problem now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you got to find some sort of balance with like being, having opinion on it and caring about it and not caring about it so much that you are going to lose your mind and lose sense of reality. Right? Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you said it like that. I don't know either. But okay. <laughs> So part of the way that we have a discussion about your topic is that you propose three topics that you could feasibly move forward with, that you could feasibly live with for two months, right? So not only do you propose the topic, but take a look at the assignment. You can turn this assignment in on paper or digitally, and some of you should do it digitally. You know who you are. Um, so either way, you and I are gonna have a meeting. Weber State requires a one-on-one -on -one meeting with me about your topic. Two things, I'm gonna help guide you toward the topics that's gonna to be the most successful for you. Maybe not the most interesting one, but if it's on that paper, I'm assuming you find it minimally interesting, right? I'm gonna help you guide you toward what I know is gonna be the easiest, and also what I know is going to be fruitful for you in terms of research. I'm also gonna help you adjust the scope. So what's hard to do is know in your topic, if you wanna conquer world hunger in your paper, if you're talking about world hunger and covering several continents, that's a 40 page paper, not a 10 page paper. 
So that scope is way too big for your topic. I will help you narrow it down to the United States, South America, Southern Africa, right? Like I will help you narrow it down to a place that's appropriate for a 10-page paper. So I will help you narrow the scope and narrow down a topic. You need to come in with three that are viable in terms of like they make sense for this assignment, but also, and the most important part, you need to prove to me that there are sources for that topic, right? You need to literally do a little digging and find that there are enough sources for you to choose from for this topic, right? Like I had a person, topic they, oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. It's, it was rough for me. This kid was obsessed with ice baths. He wanted to do this paper on ice baths. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I said. And he was just so passionate about it, and he wanted to do it so much. But he struggled to find sources. Because, like, you can watch a TikTok about it, but is a smart person going to do research on it? So I'm just saying, like, and he ended up doing the topic anyway just to spite me. But the paper was fine. You know what I'm saying? So you can disagree with me and run ahead with it, but I'm going to tell you I'm, I have your best interest in mind. I really will try to help you. Yes? When we're doing the primary source, is this what we're doing with, like, what we did in 1050 where we get, like, we interview someone? You're not going to do any interviews. You're not creating any sources for this. That was like, you see how that was like the let's get a feel for what it is type of thing. And here is just, we're just doing it. We're just doing it, right? So, but that's a great question. You're not creating any sources unless you want to. If your heart tells you you need to complete an interview, like nobody's going to stop you. But I think you're crazy. Just find an interview. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Let's not do too much. Let's do exactly what's asked of us and no more. Um, Okay. So you need to tell me what the topic title is going to be. You need to tell me what your stance, you think your stance is going to be. I've had many people, (laughs) I had one girl last year, say (laughs) that the American prison system is fine and people, like, it it is successful. And that was her claim. And then she switched her claim after she, like, did, like, one day of research. (laughs) And so her claim was, like, the American prison system needs to be overhauled. And, yeah, you get it. But so it's okay if your claim changes. I just need you to have thought through the logistics of that topic, right? So you need to explain why this topic is of interest to you. And then a cursory Google search, right? Just Google it. Are people actually talking about it? Is this actually something that people are fighting about? Because if we're talking about like, you know, you know, wrapping up your kids and placing them face up in their crib, no one's disputing it. No one's fighting about that. Like you're not gonna find stuff about it because who cares of course you're supposed to have your baby not suffocate at night come on now right so it has to be something that's like a hot button issue smart people on both sides are mad about it that's that's the key right and then you explain how you're going to find credible sources on either side so you're going to have to go to jstor and see if you can find stuff that smart people are saying on one side and stuff that smart people are saying on another side right and then the kicker is that you need to literally Number the sources. So here's what you do for that, and this is important, and this is where people have follow-up questions when I just answered them. 
Yes? Okay. So it says, as you looked at the overview for this topic on the Utah Online Library, how many sources were available for the following source type categories? Right? So we've talked about Utah Online Library before. You, as a student, are in a unique position. You have access to two scholarly databases. As a Davis District student, you have access to the Utah Online Library, which is a scholarly database for up to high school. What are the limitations on that for the Utah Online Library? Think through it, Oakland. Think through it. What are the limitations for that on the Utah Online Library? Think about Utah as a state. What's that? Well, it, it has scholarly stuff, so it has information outside of Utah. But what do people really like to do, especially right now in Utah? Yeah. Yeah, it's all censored. Anything that those one people like decided that people shouldn't think about or read about or learn about, it's not going to be on there. Right? And so that's when this college database that you're also a part of because you paid your student dues, right? So if, you're, if your topic is abstinence-only sex education, that's an important topic, and that really matters. You're not going to find anything about that on the Utah Online Library. No, no, you will not. Maybe you'll find some stuff, but right? But it's a super important topic, but it'll still, the Utah Online Library will give you a good idea of how many sources are available doing this thing. So I'm going to take you through the steps. So this information is available in two places. It's available in here, where it says this thing here, how to get to Gale Opposing Viewpoints. It's also, it's in three places, I guess. Um, it's also here where it says Resource Collection for Research Paper 2, but it's also here under today's date because it's a thing, it's important. So this is a list of ways that you can get to the Utah Online Library. If you're accessing it outside of the DSD wireless, you'll need these pa this password information. But if you're on the DSD wireless, you might need to sign in. You probably won't. Sign in with your like DSD info. So watch with me now. We're gonna focus. We're watching, we're looking at the screen, right? Because all of you are gonna have to do this three times for the assignment that's due on Thursday. And I've gotten lots of questions about it even though we've gone through this. So we're ready? We're all looking, we're all focused, we're locked in. Okay. We get into the Utah Online Library, we click high school, then we click Gale Reference Collection High School. And then Gale in Context Opposing Viewpoints. <laughs> Intrigue. <laughs> Surprise. Um, then we click Browse Issues. So the reason I like this even though it's not quite like it's a little bit censored, it's not that censored, right? So the thing that's cool is there's hundreds of topics here. You can look at the green paper that I handed out today. That's just a list of topics that my students have done successfully. So it's just a little starter. But if you want to branch outside of that or do anything that's like, you know, super recent and like is a big issue like just this year, then you can check here and there's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. Right? The only things that are off base for you that are, that are not going to be approved are the four G's, which are guns, guns gays, God, abortion. Right? Yeah. 
the reason that I restrict those is not to censor your life, but because I found that people, even if they think they can be objective about those things, they can't. Your opinion seeps through and you can't be unbiased about it. That's problematic, right? While you're, while you're able to deliver your opinion in this paper, you have to do it in an unbiased way, supported by scholarly research and not by your own bias. We understand okay so the thing I like about this is not just because it has tons and tons and tons of topic ideas but if you go up here to the top left corner say like you know that you're going into law then it'll allow you to narrow down topic ideas just for law right or if you know you're going into health sciences or the health profession you can just look at health related topics right so it does a lot of helpful categorization so the next most important thing so like if we're doing, for instance, if we're doing like, we can't do that one, PTSD, right? PTSD, there's two things that are super helpful here. The first is you'll see there's a bar at the bottom here, and it'll help me understand what types of sources are readily available for this topic. Now it doesn't tell you that these sources are current. So out of these 631 academic journals, we can assume that at least two thirds of them we're not gonna be able to use. But still, anything over 200, you probably are in a good place with, right? Because out of 200, you could probably find three or four that are helpful, right? So there's tons of news articles, so we know it's probably discussed more in the news than it is in academia. Um, but there's tons and tons of different types of sources. And look, we've got, oh, usually it says primary sources. It doesn't offer it here, which is a big bummer but most of the time it'll give you primary sources for that. The other thing that's helpful is if you like, I've heard about an issue, but you're not sure you understand both sides, if you click read more, it'll give you way more information and an overview of the main issues surrounding that topic. So if we click on, nobody's fighting about PTSD, nobody's saying it doesn't exist. Um, so let's find one that's more of a hot button issue. So maybe we're talking about, uh, what's one that people are fighting about? Ooh, Palestine. <laughs> Yay. Um, people will be fighting about this like a lot. Um, so here we have primary sources, 18 primary sources. That's pretty good. We have tons of magazine and news articles, but only 91 academic journals, mostly because what's happening now is super recent. and There hasn't been time to be a ton of academic research done. But if we click read more on like hot button topics, it'll give you both sides of the issue. So that's really, really helpful. Critical thinking questions. It'll give you like why it's a hot button issue. So if you need to read up more on the topic, this is super helpful too. But say like you did um, your abstinence only sex education, and I went on uh, Gale Opposing Viewpoints and it said that there was only 24 academic journal articles. Is that accurate? It's probably not accurate because it's censored information. So if I went to JSTOR and I searched the same topic, chances are I'm going to come up with lots more. So if you're not finding a lot on a lot of source types on Gale Opposing Viewpoints, go to JSTOR, search the same thing, and see if it's something that maybe you can get more of on a college database. So far, so good? Okay. So this assignment is due before class next time. Here's the thing, though. You have to meet with me, and we have to have like a formal meeting, which is so fun a formal meeting about your topic. And you have to do that before you can create a topic question. I have to prove your topic before you do, before I approve your research question. So you have to meet with me. 
Um, I, you can meet with me in next class period or the class period after that. So that's Thursday or Monday. Or I suggest you get it done as soon as possible so you can always be finding sources. So I think you should meet with me as soon as you possibly can. Um, so you'll see an assignment up here that says ABFS. That stands for always be finding sources, right? Because the thing is, like I said, you should find a lot of them beforehand before you start outlining them to make sure they like fall into the positions that you need them to fall into. Um, but also because this source finding is gonna be so much more difficult than you think it is because of all of the different things that you have to think about for every source. So you need time. So the second I approve your topic, start looking for sources, right? So I can approve your topic a lot faster if you meet with me sooner. That's just easy, right? So the meeting dates and times are available to you and we need to sign up for those right now. So click into sign up for topic meeting with Hernandez. And you can sign up in any place that is blue or red. So there's two class periods, Thursday in class and then Monday in class. Um, I also have some SRCs, some seventh or third period times, and also a couple after school things. But obviously the easiest thing for you is gonna be to like, you know, meet during class. But if you're not gonna be here, try to meet with me earlier than that. I also have SRC tomorrow, like if you wanna do this assignment tonight and have it done before tomorrow, um, you can come in for SRC tomorrow. Just know that if you attend this meeting without having completed the possible topics assignment, it's a zero because we have nothing to talk about. If you miss the, if you sign up for the meeting and you don't show up, I have to have 50 meetings on our way for you. You better be on time. I'm saying. So before you sign up for a time, check your work schedule. Check it because the second you sign up for it and you don't show up, it's not going to go well for you. I'm going to be real pissed. Uh -huh. So there's lots and lots of options. Go ahead and make your decisions now. Check your, check your schedules. Do what you got to do. Don't sign up for something you can't attend. <laughs>